Welcome to When Fear Reigns. After today's episode, we invite you to take a moment and leave a review on whichever platform you enjoy us on. Here's Dr. Parlo and Pastor Ben. Welcome back. This is When Fear Reigns. I'm Ben Workentine, joined by Dr. John Parlo. Uh, before we get into it, thanks again to our Facebook group, uh, for our Instagram followers, for uh, uh, paying attention and listening and, and chiming in with your thoughts, your feedback. We love hearing that. Make sure you uh, check us out on social media and uh, join the conversation. We know that a lot of you have already done that. Thanks for doing it and keep it up. Let's get into it, John. At the time of this recording, we're not out of the COVID woods by any means, but it seems like we have come through a lot already. What have you? What have been your big takeaways from the whole thing? Just thirty thousand foot view lessons that we've learned, um, whether it's from sick rate, death rate, isolation, economic shutdown, all of it. Uh, big things, bigger lessons you're picking up from all of it. Boy, there's several. Um, I would say, uh, you know. Not everything you see on social media or on cable or any news show can be taken as gospel because it, <gasps> <Yes>. cha- <laughs> it changes from the one day to the next day to the next day. I'm, I'm always amazed at, at when people go ahead and send stuff out that they don't do their homework first and make sure just because it maybe uh, it matches your ideology yeah, yeah, or it matches what you believe is really the case. Maybe you want to look at it first to see if it's actually true. But people are, I mean, I'm just getting inundated like, Pastor, did you see this? And it's like, some of it's fake news. Yeah. Some of it is correct, certainly. And having a, a like a mom who was in the medical field and all that and having a son who's a, a molecular biologist now getting his master's in epidemiology, um, you know, uh, he brings a whole different aspect of this for me. Um, I certainly, you know, I, I got, I'm somewhat bewildered that how come our leaders, I'm talking about our political leaders at every level, mm-hmm. local, state, and federal, including the president, as well as people that he asked to go ahead and have his, be his team of medical advisors, why didn't they look to the past? Now, you and Anthony, you weren't around nope. when I was a young man, obviously. In fact, your parents <laughs> didn't even reach puberty by then. You know, they maybe were born. That's about it. But here, here's here's the issue. Um, I... I remember 1968, and I tell people this, and I've told both of you this, 1968 and 2002 mirror one another Mm. almost identically. In 1968, let me just tell you, as a young boy of eight, nine years old, here's the deal. We had racial tension in major streets. And of course, I lived in South Central Los Angeles, so Mm -hmm. I was right in the heartbeat of all of that. And my dad had one of his plants in Watts. Okay, what happens during that time? Racial tensions. Martin Luther King Jr. is assassinated. Mm -hmm. Bobby Kennedy, I believe, that same year is assassinated. Then you have the National Guard is in certain streets. Uh, You have the Vietnam War. And every single night, I remember Walter Cronkite would tell us what the body count was Mm. from the Vietnam War. It was just really tragic. You had... um, political stuff going on where the Democrats didn't like, it was a political year, a voting year, a presidential year, where the the Democrats didn't like their candidate, uh, Hubert Humphrey, I think his name was. Mm. And the Republicans weren't really sure about theirs. Richard Nixon, who was playing (laughs) like, I'm going to be the law and order guy. And I remember this just as an eight-year-old kid, because I was really kind of a nerdy kid, I guess, but uh, really really into um, politics at that time. And as all of that's happening and there's unrest in my father, one of my father's plants gets burned down because he's a white guy in Watts. 
and, and so it really impacts us very mm-hmm. closely. And I'm in a white black neighborhood where uh, I understand my friends who are really concerned, who don't look like me, who are concerned about police brutality and mm-hmm. dogs and water cannons and all those things. I get all of that, right? In the midst of all of that, people forget we had a pandemic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the pandemic was called the Hong Kong flu. And around 100,000 Americans died. We didn't close off anything. Mm -hmm. We didn't shut anything down. And that's why I think in my personal view, we, and I'm talking about we as a country and especially the leaders who were responsible, mismanaged this whole event. Yeah, you make sure you quarantine those who are most vulnerable and the ill. Absolutely. I mean, even before my time, and I know this is going way back. I don't know if Anthony even read history books this old. Um, Back in the 50s and 40s and 30s, if you got German measles, like I did as a kid when I was three years old, rubella, I think it was called, or even back then, polio, they didn't shut anything down. Mm -hmm. They didn't have vaccinations for a lot of those things at first. Well, you know what they did? They posted something on your front door of your house that said, quarantine. You couldn't leave the house (laughs) and no one could come in. And then when the doctor cleared you, then you could take that off. Mm -hmm. I, I just wonder, what happened to us? How come no one looked at our past? And so I can't help but sometimes think, much of this is about politics mm. or power or taking more control away or more freedoms away from Americans. That's that's maybe the conspiracy theorist of me, but I, I just really, I really struggle with that. Here's something else I learned. Your church needs to always budget every year for margin. Mm-hmm. Put 5 to 7% away so that you have margin, so that if God gives you an incredible opportunity where you can share the gospel message in a, in a greater way, you don't have to go, oh, it's not in the budget. I wish we had money. No, no, you got money. Or if it says, you know, like the pandemic, what are you going to do? How are you going to pay mm-hmm. people? How are you mm-hmm. going to continue your ministries? You have money set aside. I encourage everyone to do that in their regular life. And a lot of people are realizing in their normal life, their personal life, yeah, I wish I would have had that because they didn't mm-hmm. have at least three months, maybe six months for your local congregation, as well as your own life, your own mm-hmm. personal life, set aside, start today, have margin. And mm-hmm. finally, uh, to the leaders and congregations, both those that are paid and unpaid, which we call volunteers, yep. make sure you clearly communicate again and again during times of crisis or times of opportunity. In this time of crisis, remember, I, I try to tell you as a staff, you're, you're never talking to a crowd, you're talking to a parade. People are mm-hmm. always moving and you got to continue to beat that drum again and again and again. And, can, and just because you know it and you've mm-hmm. said it 20 times, mm-hmm. they maybe have not heard it before or only once or twice. So those are my takeaways right now, Ben, and thank you for my rant. Uh, <laughs> give me a, a chance to rant because I I really struggle with how – I mean, I'm seeing people's livelihoods yeah. ruined by something that we handled a total different way and we all survived as a country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, you know some of our takeaways I think we're seeing here at St. Mark Ministries online for real. The online worship platform, the online online campus. Listen, it's, it's a real thing. As as I like what you said, and I'm going to give you credit for this. It's a whole new continent mm-hmm. of people. Um, finally, you got to try to reach people where they live, and they live online. Right. That's just right. reality. You can say I don't like it, mm-hmm. and that's all right. Mm-hmm. But it's reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can. I mean, I think churches and and Christians can say, you know, we're not positioned for that. We're not, we don't have the flexibility or the, the personnel or the budget. Um, but you can't say that this platform that we've all kind of been forced into over the last three months isn't reaching people. It's reaching a whole new demographic, a whole new group of people. 
uh, many of whom are far away from the gospel. I think if you look at what online is, I, I'm not going to be able to quote this number exactly, but it's something like 90% of the internet is pornography. So it's the devil's playground. Let's start making inroads. Let's start asking tough questions. Um, and it's not just transplanting what you do in person online. It really is. It's a new new thing. And you got to think about what to do there. Well, what we call it here at St. Mark Ministries is our front door. It used to be your front door was your literal front door. Yeah. Now yeah. your front door is a person who doesn't know Jesus or is de-churched for whatever reason, watching your service or maybe uh, an FAQ that you put mm-hmm. out, a two-minute mm-hmm. FAQ, or maybe it was a Bible class or a children's program on their phone. Mm-hmm. Right. That's your front door. And then what happens is the people who do come in purpose or do come in person, they use it as their side door. Maybe they go up north to their cabin, they're yeah. on vacation, and they want to stay connected, and they use it as a, a ministry and, and a way to feed their faith. So it, it's reality. All right. So as we kind of finish up this conversation about uh, COVID and everything we've learned, John, just kind of give me some idea. What does this open up for us? What What does this whole COVID thing make possible for the church, for the culture, for individuals? Whether you're a Jesus follower or not, being told you can't leave your home mm-hmm. except to Maybe get toilet paper if you can find it. Right? What is the deal with the toilet paper? <laughs> I, thing? I don't know. I don't know. I should. I've have got four hundred rolls at home, uh, yeah. so I don't well, know. That's good. I don't know what the shortage no, is. It's about. called eBay. <laughs> um, but or uh, whether or not you 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 were grounded again and realize what is really important. Yeah. It's my family time. Mm-hmm. But when they talk about the whole COVID thing, people again, whether they wanted to realize it or not, immediately thought, okay, what happens if I get it? What happens if I have underlying conditions or my parents who are much older get it and we face death? What happens then? And I think it has caused a lot of people to rethink some reflection, huh? eternity. Yeah. And am I ready for that? And and is there even something after death? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a wonderful opportunity for Jesus followers, for Christians to go ahead and say, yeah, there is. We think about that same thing. And even though we face persecution through the years, or right now this this virus that does take people's mm-hmm. lives, especially mm-hmm. those with underlying conditions and elderly people, understand I can make sure that regardless of what happens to you physically, I know it's going to happen to you eternally. And that opens up a lot of conversations yeah. for Christians to be able to say, okay, let me talk to you about the God who conquered death, mm-hmm. the only true God, and what he says about your life now and what he says about your eternity. And you can be re- you can rest assured that regardless if you get this virus or not, mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. eternity is taken care of in mm-hmm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Thanks for kind of walking us through that, John, and uh, helping us see, uh, you know, takeaways and lessons, because you don't want to, I think the person was misquoted in saying you don't want to waste a crisis, but there are lessons to be learned here. And I think it's good for us to kind of step back and reflect, even if we're not out of it entirely now, but reflect, what are, what are some big takeaways? How do I want to change my life? You know, talk about family. How do I want to, now you're rebuilding your schedule from the ground up again, as we come back into a school year, you know, all activities. Now you get to choose. You didn't slowly walk into this as your kids get older, but you are, you get to kind of hit reset. Yeah, it's, and, it's a reset. It's and, a reset. And be intentional about what does that right. look like? You know, family dinners and weekends together, and maybe not working as long, maybe working, you know, all those things are back on the table. And, and suddenly really God comes to the forefront. Yep. And God comes to the forefront and those conversations are much easier to get into. Uh, it's been great to talk about this with you, John. Thanks for tuning in to all of our listeners. Uh, hopefully this has helped uh, make room in your life for the fear of God to reign in your life. If you have questions or there's a big takeaway uh, that we didn't talk about, but you'd like us to talk about or you want to share, uh, check out our social media. Uh, we have a Facebook group. 
private group where you can discuss things um, just there and it won't get publicized everywhere uh, or on our Instagram page. We'd love to hear from you. Been great having you join us and we'll see you next time on When Fear Reigns. Mm-hmm.